Hi, Jens here. Are you interested in innovation? This might be something for you too. Every Friday, I share the latest innovation articles, ideas, videos, books, podcasts, and more that I discovered during the week in my newsletter, Connect the Dots. If you subscribe, you will receive an email into your inbox every Friday. You can't find the newsletter anywhere else, so you have to subscribe if you want to receive it. Head over to jensheitland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello, innovators, and welcome to another episode of the Jens Heidland Show, where I connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship with my guests. Today's guest is a LinkedIn top voice in sales, trusted sales coach and LinkedIn trainer. He's the managing director of Everyone Works in Sales. We talk about sales, how startups can use social media, especially LinkedIn for sales, and the importance of building relationships. Please welcome to the show, Niraj Kapoor. Hello, Niraj. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Jens, thank you so much for having me. Doing absolutely wonderful. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. Looking forward to explore the startup ecosystem a little bit with you, or not the startup ecosystem, mainly your insights and your wealth of knowledge and how you can help startups. So I'm really interested going a little bit into sales, into social media, and as well, how you work with startups and companies on a personal development perspective. Let's start off straight away into details. Startups. I have worked with startups uh, quite a bit over the last years. One thing I have seen that they have challenges with sales, like a lot of companies have, specifically startups, they're kind of, they're not tuned in with their sales system yet. So, One, one thing they always struggle with, how to find the right customers. If we start off with, if you get a broad question, it's like, how, how do you help companies and startups in finding out whom they should sell to and how they approach the selling mechanism? Certainly. Well, I have quite a unique perspective here, Jens, because I spent years working for startups, but... As a coach, I've also coached startups. I'm still coaching startups, mainly in SaaS. But so I have a unique perspective as being an employee and being a coach advising now. Mm -hmm. And with a lot of startups, you should really know who your audience is before you, you know, when you have a business, you really should know who your audience is. That's very important. When I started off, for example, my audience was everybody. And in my first year in business, I didn't do very well because everybody is not an audience. You know, people who are breathing are not your audience, you know. So you need to know who your audience is. And if you're unsure, for whatever reason, who your audience is, then you start posting on LinkedIn or wherever your audience hang out. And you post consistently and you post regularly and you have good quality content, both business and personal. And after a few months, people start to notice you. And then you'll know who your audience is. So I realize my audience is mainly business owners, startups, and then salespeople. But it's business owners and startups who pay me. <laughs> the salespeople are not very good at paying bills. So I focus mainly on business owners and startups. So that's how I got to know who my audience was. I always thought it was salespeople. 
Turns out it wasn't. It's actually them. So when you start writing content and writing what you know about and sharing value with people, that's a very good way of finding out who your audience is. Um, the other, of course, is to, you know, that's probably the best way of doing it, I would say. The second thing, of course, is to give away something on your website and to drive traffic towards your website. So you give away a very valuable PDF containing information about not so much what you do, but how you help people. Okay. And look at who the people are who are downloading that and seeing their link, their profile and their website and their LinkedIn. Who are these people? What do they do? And then you have a good idea who your audience is as well. So those are the two things I like to do is give away what's called a lead magnet or a giveaway on your website. And second of all, writing content on LinkedIn. And that's how I find my niche in this world. It took me a while, but that's how I find it. Love it. So that means you don't recommend startup reaching out cold in LinkedIn, if we take LinkedIn as an example, to people and just hit them up. Oh, no. Look, every day, people like myself get inundated with LinkedIn emails, cold emails from people we have never met. And majority of the time, it does not work because people buy from people they know and trust. And if I don't know you, or let me say, if your customer doesn't know you, and the first thing you do is go, hi, we do this, 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 this. We can help you achieve amazing results. Here's my counter link. This is one of the worst, most unoriginal, most awful ways to sell. And unfortunately, it's what most startups do, which is why most startups fail. I'm sorry, most startups fail because they have the same boring way of doing business like everybody else. You have to be better and you have to stand out from everybody else. That is how I built my business. By the way, my first year in business, I struggled because I wasn't sure who my audience was. The second year I struggled because I was competing with everybody else. And it was only in the third year of business, I started to get a lot more confidence. And I looked at what my competition were doing and I started to do the complete opposite. <laughs> it's no Sam Walton saying Sam Walton was the founder of Walmart. And he said, if you want to be successful, look what everybody else is doing and go in the opposite direction. And that's what I did. I did everything different to my competition. And all of a sudden, my competition are fighting for the same piece of business. And I'm playing up here. And that's where you want to be as a startup. You do not want to be with everybody else fighting for the same business. It's not a nice area to play in. But playing up here, it's way more fun. It's way more enjoyable. And the profits are much better as well. Yeah. What I have seen with startups, a lot of startups go to acceleration incubation programs and kind of learn the theory of doing all of this. What would be your recommendation doing it in a practical way or learning from practicing it? It's really important to learn from people who have done what you've done and achieved what you've achieved. This is why I don't like university courses. In fact, I detest university business courses because most business professors, I've spoken to hundreds of universities to try to teach them LinkedIn and sales. And they're not interested because it requires effort and work. <laughs> and so all these business professors that I've spoken to, most of them have never run a business in their lives. Hmm. And yet they are teaching people case studies from five years ago. First of all, if you've never run a business, you shouldn't be teaching business. If you haven't failed in a business, you shouldn't be teaching a business. And case studies from five years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, it's out of date. The world has changed so much. In fact, the world of sales has changed more in the last three years than the last 10 years. 
So you have to keep up to date. And most business professionals, I'm sorry, they're out of date. They're out of touch. They have no concept of how to run a business. And they know nothing about sales or LinkedIn. And you can quote me on this, by the way. (laughs) They really know nothing about it. Because when I challenge them, they ignore me or they go quiet. And the most people who look at my LinkedIn profile in private mode, their job title is always professor at university because I've been very critical of professors and how completely useless most of them are. And a lot of these incubation programs and entrepreneurship programs, again, you know, they're not always, they're slightly better than universities, I must say, and some of them are quite good. But again, many of them are not. And certainly the free ones, you know, there's so many people who go on free courses and free this. You know, you can spend the next year or five years of your life learning free on Google or courses. Or you can find an expert and do it in six months. And trust me, if you're a startup, you want to do something in six months, not six years. Yeah, absolutely agree. And the interesting part as well, I have seen the most successful startups I have worked with are operators, people who are doing it day to day to day and improving step by step while doing that. What is your experience? Yes, 100%. I mean, learning as you go along is fine. But I, I certainly find now in my career, I just surround myself with really smart people. I ask them for advice. I invest heavily myself in sales coaches. As you can see behind me, I invest very heavily in my library. I go out and ask people for advice on what to do. Smart, successful people who I respect and admire. You know, the reason I'm on your podcast right now is because of Simon Alexander Ong who's an author and a speaker and a coach who I have tremendous respect for. It's because of him, I came across you. So you've got to surround yourself with very good people as well. People always ask, Jens, you know, what's the one thing I should be doing in sales? And I always say to them, stop thinking there's one thing. There's never one thing. You know, there's not one thing you should do in business. There's like 10 or 12 things you have to do. The exact same rules apply for sales as well. Yeah. And it's, for me, if, if, if we limit it to a couple of, one thing I have seen long-term successful people do building relationship, true relationship building, like we did 100 years ago. Yes. And and that at least what, what I've seen is if you do this well as a startup, yes, it may be a little slower than others who are investing a lot of money into whatever Google ads and so on. This relationship will always enable you to the next level introducing you to the next person and kind of building a network which will always help you even after you failed or when you fail whenever you work in a business and you want to grow your business one of the best ways of doing that is when somebody you know recommends you to somebody they know and that is done by building relationships yes you can over deliver to a client and you should do that anyway yes you should be sharing massive insight with a client that is so so important but you should do things like know your clients birthdays send them birthday cards i do this i send my clients birthday cards the reason i have so much loyalty with my clients and the reason they recommend me to their clients is because i remember things like birthdays like kids names like now and again i'll send my clients books to say you know what you told me marketing was very important to you. Here's a book, the one-page marketing plan. I just thought you should read it. It's a brilliant book, and I buy it for them. 
I don't buy it for them when they have to read book, by the way. I just buy it for them maybe after our second coaching sessions. I know it will help them so much. You know, whenever I go to England, I fly to London every single month and I tour England a lot to see my customers. And sometimes I will drive an hour and a half, two hours just to take a client out for dinner. That's all. There's no financial benefit whatsoever. But what it does is it's building a strong relationship. And I guarantee you, guarantee you, none of my competitors are doing this because I asked them <laughs> out of curiosity, the people who you must get sold to every day. Yes, we do. Do my competition ever take you out for lunch? <laughs> no. Okay. Do my competition send you birthday cards? No. Okay. Just keep that in mind for the future, please. Because my, I, I do stuff that my competition never do. All my competition do is they spam my clients because I, I, I post a lot about my clients on LinkedIn. They spam my clients on LinkedIn messenger, say, hi, I'm an award-winning coach. I do this, 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 I, 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 me, 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 me. Here's yeah. my account. They're all the same. And clients have actually sent me messages saying, Niraj, I've just had two of your competitors today. And the messages have been almost identical. You cannot do that. Relationships take time and they take effort. And if you want success in life, you really have to invest in relationships. Yeah. And specifically, if you're a young entrepreneur and you still have your whole life in front of you, Like I, I was teaching last week at the Barcelona University. They have been 19 years old and want to be perfect. I get all of that. But that's the time when you can double down on relationships and educating yourself in finding out how a business works and then truly building a business rather than saying, I built a company that I want to sell in two years. It does. It makes a big difference. So whenever I speak, I speak at events maybe two or three times a month. I'm with face-to-face -face events before I start. I'll say, okay, go and talk to five people you don't know. You have exactly two minutes and then come back to me. And, and every 30 seconds or every 20 seconds, right, go, change, meet somebody else. And it's fantastic. And then I ask them, okay, how do you feel? <clears throat> What have you learned? Hmm. Have you met anybody interesting? These things are so important because not enough people do this. We live in such a digital world that the world has become less social. And people don't build relationships the way they used to. And you need to understand to be successful in business, you've got to make an effort to build relationships. I mean, it varies month by month. I do posts on LinkedIn on the first of each month telling people how I'm doing. And last month, I think it was 70% of my business was based on recommendations yeah. of people I have relationships with. 70% of my revenue. 25% of it, I think, was LinkedIn inquiries. Uh, which is very important. And 5% came from people who saw me speak at events and then hired me. But 7% came from people I know. That is how important it is to build relationships. And you don't build relationships using email automation. And you do not build relationships spamming people on LinkedIn and hoping for the best. Yeah. Love that. I would, I would like to get us now into social media because you are the LinkedIn top voice Uh, 2021 and I'm pretty sure 2022 as well. <laughs> Thank you. So st startups, I mean, we have already had the negative example that startups reach out to anyone and trying to copy paste the same thing. What are things, except that you said, okay, they need to produce content and um, kind of like building their audience on the long term. That's one part. I have seen a lot of startups struggle with social media in general because they they kind of don't know what to say what are different tips where you could say hey there are easy ways you, you can develop something 
and build ideas that help you to get started? That's a good question. A lot of people are concerned about what do I say on LinkedIn and what will people think of me? So I'll answer the second part first. Um, there's two ways of looking at it. First of all, nobody is judging you as much as you're judging yourself. And second of all, I think it's a great quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, what other people think about you is none of your business. And I love that quote because I wish I knew this quote 10 years ago, but I didn't. I only discovered it last year. Um, and it's very true. Uh, and this, go back to the first part of your question about writing content. There's three types of content. There's content you base on your own experience. That's very easy. There's content based on what is going on in your client's mind. That takes a bit more time to write. And there's content based on personal stories. And personal stories is how my business went really big compared to where it used to be. Before I was just breaking even, making a tiny amount of profit. Now it's grown so much bigger. It's almost doubled in revenue in the last year. Ironically, it's because of personal stories. And that's something I, that happened by just pure luck and all fairness. I never, that was never my plan, but all of a sudden I would do a personal story and I've had seven personal stories go viral in a year, seven. And I'm like, wow. And they were all to do with various challenges I was having in my life and how I overcame them. And what that did, what people were able to look past my job title of coach, because let's be realistic. We don't need more coaches on LinkedIn. We don't need more coaches on Google. There's far too many of them. And pe people saw past my job title and saw me as a human being with real emotions, real flaws, real vulnerabilities. And as a result, they connect with me quicker and it helped me stand out for my competition who were not doing this at all. And I just kept on telling my personal stories because I, I went through a very, very painful divorce. I lost so much, not just financially, but emotionally. I was alone in lockdown. I was trying online dating, which everybody found hilarious except me. <laughs> and I was talking about what it was like being stood up in restaurants, the difficulty of being alone. And for me, I was shocked and stunned the number of people that followed me as a result, who connected with me as a result. But here's the important business thing, Jens. So many people reached out to me privately to say, oh, I've been following your content for many months and I just love what you're writing about. Can we have a chat next week? I just want to ask one or two questions. They don't say, I want to hire you immediately for business. They tend to say, I'd like to have a chat with you next week. And then you, then you have the meeting and then you ask questions and you get to understand them and you see if you're a fit and then you send a proposal and then you follow up and then you win the business. So there's a process involved. It's not a straightforward, you know, one call, one win kind of situation. Um, but that's, I, I was surprised how much business I win from personal posts. Yeah, I can imagine. And then there, are, of course, people saying, but LinkedIn is for business, it's not for personal stuff. What would be your answer? Before 2020 lockdown, I would agree with you. I rarely did personal posts. It was all business. What lockdown has done, it has enabled people to tell their personal story. You know, for example, mental health is the one thing I'm so happy people are talking about more now. Uh, the difficulty of working from home, the challenges of working from home and being a parent. People talk about this a lot. And what it does, it humanizes you. It builds your brand very quickly. And on many occasions, it helps you generate more business. And, you know, everything I share, it has to work for me first. I'm a business owner. It has to work for me. And once it does, I share it with my clients. And once it works for them, then I'm sharing it with people like yourself in the world because I only share things that work. 
I only share things that are proven. Yeah. If I don't know something, I'll always say, look, I don't know. Why don't you try this? But I always make that very clear. I'm not sure actually what to do in this situation. Why don't you try this? And I'll always be very clear about that. And that happens maybe 5% of the time. But the other 95% of the time, I am sharing things which I know for a fact work for other people. Yeah, that's a very important one. So then how does it work? So imagine a startup that has a business profile page, which is like, hey, we're a startup, we're doing this and this and this and this kind of more more like a shell than a person. And then they there is the founding team, which has their personal profiles. How would you distinguish the different postings and what would you recommend them to do on a personal base and on a on the business page? Okay. So business pages are like landing pages of websites. It's very important to have one, but you don't really get that much business or interaction on a personal page. Even the big corporates of this world who've got 500,000, 600,000 followers, they don't get that much engagement. So it's, it's okay to have a business page, tell people what you do, but really the business you're going to get is going to be from your personal LinkedIn profile, not your business page. It's very important to have a business page to know how it works and to post from it, but it's your personal one you're going to get much more engagement, much more profile, much more attention from. And in terms of what you write about, if you're a startup, you have a picture of your office. Oh my God, I'm working for the startup. It's so exciting. I love the thrill of being in an office. I know people are home working, but I love being in the office. There's a post. Uh, you look at my bookshelf behind me, a book you're reading. You know, I'm in the startup world. I'm reading this book about entrepreneurship. Oh, it's amazing. Here's three lessons I've learned from it. There's a post. Um, we had a round of funding today. Here's what we did to prepare for it. We were up till one o'clock in the morning having pizza, but what a thrill and excitement that was. Again, you're talking about your experiences, so it's business and personal, and people get that. People want to see the journey. They want to be part of your journey and share your success and share your losses. And it's very important to understand that about LinkedIn. Yeah. And I, I love this because for me, like you said, the, the, the pandemic has us brought to showing our human life, <laughs> not just, I've seen people changing pic pictures as well on, on, on LinkedIn. First, it was like, I'm, I'm suited up and, and very, very stiff. And afterwards it was more like, Hey, I'm a normal person. I don't need to be suited up because I'm basically never wearing a suit in my in my job. Yeah. And it's it's quite fascinating to see as well the development of LinkedIn if we if we take LinkedIn as an example in in the development of social media. So let's 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 get us into personal development working with a startup. So you 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 work with startups, you train them one part in LinkedIn and so on, of course. And then you coach them. What do you see um, important development steps of, of startup founders, if we, if we take the founders specifically? Uh, I don't coach the founders. I coach their staff. Mm -hmm. um, so what I find with the staff is they're under tremendous pressure. And nobody is coaching them on mindset or how to deal with stress or mm -hmm. mental health. And, you know, I spend so much time dealing with startup staff with their mental health, with coping with stress, with the importance of not spending lunchtime staring at your screen. You spend all morning on your screen on Teams or Zoom. The last thing you should ever be doing over lunch is staring at this. As soon as lunchtime happens, get away from your desk, 
go for a walk or exercise or meditate or have lunch with a friend, but do not under any circumstance look at your screen for at least 20 minutes, preferably half an hour. I can't stress how important that is. You know, if you look at the top athletes in the world, they don't train day and night. They spend a lot of time resting and recovering. The same thing goes in the corporate world. You want to be successful in the corporate world? You have to regenerate. You have to take breaks. You know, I work from 8 o'clock to 3 o'clock every day. And then I work from 7 o'clock to 11 o'clock. So I have a good four hours break in the afternoon where I, you know, pick up my nephew from school to help out my sister. I take the dog for a walk. I have dinner with my parents. I then spend time talking to friends, maybe watch a bit of TV. And then I go, I need that break. But even lunch, I still take one hour for lunch. And I go for a walk. Again, I clear my head. And that helps me pace myself for the day. And you need to be taking breaks. So most of the coaching I do, yes, I do group training. I teach LinkedIn. I teach email prospecting. I teach, we do role plays. Uh, we do presentation skills training. Because most people are very bad at presenting. Most startups I see present based on product and features. People do not buy on features. Stop selling on features, please. People buy on benefits. They buy value. And they buy experience. And again, when I observe startups, they don't talk about this. They say, well, we do this, we do this, we do this. I'm like, nobody cares. Hmm. Really, nobody cares. We have two million pound of funding. Nobody cares. <laughs> they really don't. Um, people care about how you help them. So you must start talking about it. So I'll give you an example. Uh, my sister bought a car last month. So I went with her. She asked me to come with her because I work in sales. And I could talk to the salespeople. They don't take her seriously, even though she could actually afford to buy the car. And I went there and they were saying, oh, it does, you know, not to 60 in eight seconds. And it does this amount per gallon. I'm like, I don't care. Why are you telling me this for? And they would all look at me and say, why are you telling me this stuff for? They're just telling you the same boring stuff. I said, look, my sister has two kids. Okay. I want a car that's really comfortable for her. <laughs> that's what I care about. Is this car comfortable? Is this good for long journeys? Okay. And in Ireland, it's cold five months of the year. Are, will the seats be warm and comfortable for her? That's really what we care about here. Tell me the experience. Tell me the joy of when you have this car. It's fantastic for family trips. You buy this car, your kids will love the back seat. It'll be more comfortable for you in the front. You know, you have screens in the back that can watch TVs and shut up while you're driving. No, give me an experience. Don't tell me how fast it goes in the first 10 seconds. I do not care. And that's a great example of what startups do. They sell you yeah. boring features. They do not sell you the benefits, the value, and the experience. And it's not just startups, by the way. It's salespeople. It's account executives. It's business owners. It's all the same. Stop selling your boring product and sell me the experience and the joy and the value of what you offer. Yeah. I love that. I was discussing exactly this the other day with with, with a friend, and we, and we said... We, we need to change the way of thinking of people who are kind of more the hardcore sales-ish thinkers who are like, I need to present you everything towards the way of, hey, you when you meet someone first time, if the salesperson, if we take your car example, they should have asked, hey, how can we help you? What's going on? Ask and understand your sister. And then they, she would naturally tell all the different features and then they could kind of, present this or that car in a way that they can explain or hey this has the this seats and they will be more 
comfortable for this and this, and the other car has that and that features, which will help you to do this and this. But without well, listening, it's not going to happen. You have to listen. And also, you have to understand your customer. So, for example, when we bought the car, I said my sister's buying the car, and she's paying for the car, but the car salesman kept talking to me. <laughs> Even though I said That's she's why you joined. <laughs> and she is buying the car, they kept talking to me. So you really need to understand your customer as well. You know, yeah. don't just talk to the guy or don't just talk to the person you think is in charge because it's not often one person who's just in charge. There's other people involved in the decision-making process. So buying the car was my sister's choice, but I was involved in it. A lot of people I met thought, don't like this guy. I just don't trust them. Don't like them. Let's go elsewhere. And within five minutes to 10 minutes of most car shops, we were out of there. Even though we may have liked the car, I didn't like the person selling the product. And as important as it is to buy a good car, it's the person selling the car that's going to make a difference to me. It yeah. just is. So I, I know that when I was looking, I've always driven old cars, not not classic fancy cars, just old cars, because cars devalue very quickly. Yeah. And in 2015, I bought my first really beautiful quality car. So I was looking at Mercedes, looking at BMW, looking at Audi, three amazing cars. Uh, the Mercedes ones were just stuck in their price, a bit snobby. The uh, BMW ones were sleazy and scummy. They were awful. The Audi drivers didn't even try to sell the car to me. They sold the experience. They sold the joy. Their customer service was outstanding. And I bought an Audi A5 Sportline. I still have it. Seven years old, that car now. But I love it. And I still go back to them. Even though it costs more money to have my car serviced there than a normal garage, I don't care. Because they take great care of me. Mr. Kapoor, good to see you again. Uh, here's your soy flat white. You know, that is how you take care of people. You get to know them. And with a lot of businesses, people are just trying to win new business, new business, new business. The best source of new business you will ever have are your existing customers. The best way to make money is to upsell or cross-sell to your existing customers build loyalty with them, make them raving fans. So many of my friends have Audis because I took them to the Audi garage and they've bought cars as a result because of me. Yeah. I didn't say to Audi, by the way, look what I've done. I expect a commission. No, no, no. I just did it for them, but they know this. So when I go back, they treat me like royalty. Now and again, I've had services for free, which cost lots of money, by the way, just because they know people have bought cars because of me. That is how you build a business. Is how you scale as well. Get tremendous loyalty among your customers. Yeah, very, very, very important. Niraj, we are getting to the end. Before before we close off, I would love to hear from you a couple of tips where you said, if you're a startup and you start completely blank, you, you have no LinkedIn present, what are the first things they should do? Okay, so the first thing you do when you build any kind of presence anywhere, whether it's LinkedIn or a website, is ask yourself, how are you going to provide value to other people? Don't talk about yourself. It's not about you. How are you going to provide value to other people? How are you going to serve other people? How are you going to help other people win and get results? That is what people do when they have success. It's not about you winning your deal. It's not about you getting your commission. It's about you helping other people succeed. That's what true winners do, by the way, in this game. 
whether it's startups, business owners, sales, SDRs, AEs, they help their customers win. They help others succeed. It took me a long time, unfortunately, to really understand that. But that is my attitude now. My sales training, my LinkedIn training business, it's not about getting you training. It's about helping you progress because progress is success. And it's about helping you win. And when you change your mindset from selling to serving, you will be absolutely amazed, absolutely amazed at the results you deliver. Yeah. Love that. So where can people find you and how can people reach out to you? Uh, the two best ways to find me, LinkedIn is the most obvious one, of course. Uh, there's not that many Niraj Kapoor's on LinkedIn um, or everybody works in sales. Go to my website. After 10 seconds, you'll see a pop-up saying LinkedIn sales tips. Give it away for free and enjoy that. Yeah, I will put the links as well into the show note for everyone who is interested. Thank you very much, Niraj. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Jens. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You will find the links and resources in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support the podcast, the most impactful thing you can do is subscribing to the show on any of the podcasting platforms and give me a review. This will help me to reach more innovators around the world and bring some of you into the show. If you have any question to the guest or want to engage with me, feel free to reach out to me on social media and contact me there.